Support for To The Point comes from Bausch & Lomb. Beautiful and healthy looking eyes? It shouldn't be a compromise. Lumify Eye Illuminations, developed by the experts at Bausch & Lomb exclusively for the sensitive eye area. To cleanse, nourish, and brighten. Lumify Eye Illuminations, only in the eye care aisle. Ocular surface disease. It's complex, chronic, and progressive, but rife with opportunity for the enterprising optometrist. The mission of this podcast is to make this condition more understandable and accessible to those interested and specializing in it. So let's get to the point. Welcome to another episode of the To The Point podcast. My name is Jackie Garlick, and I'm joined by my co-host, Leslie O'Dell. And we had a great show today because we not only have one guest for you, we have two. So welcome back to Dr. Mania Madan, who was on the podcast back in 2021, and a new warm welcome for Kim Connolly. Kim has over 30 years of experience working as a registered medical laboratory technologist. She has been working with platelets in the field of regenerative medicine for over 16 years, and she has worked with multiple specialties, including dentistry and medicine, to develop PRP systems for their unique needs. She has even worked with veterinary ophthalmologists to make platelet-rich plasma eye drops for dolphins with non-healing corneal ulcers. Dr. Madan has over 15 years of experience managing complex dry eye patients. Dr. Madan is currently the president of the BC Doctors of Optometry. She completed a residency in ocular disease at the Eye Center of Texas in Houston and is a fellow of the American Academy of Optometry. Dr. Madan has lectured throughout North America on the management of advanced dry eye disease and glaucoma. She has published in various optometric publications, including Review of Optometry, Optometry Times, Modern Optometry, and Eyes on Eye Care. She is also a lecturer at the Pacific University College of Optometry. Hello, Mania and Kim. Thank you so much for joining us for the Two Point Podcast to talk about PRP. And we, Mania, we've had you on before, so it's nice to have you back. And Kim, welcome to your first episode of the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, we are so excited to be here and thank you so much for having us uh, back here and we're so excited to talk about PRP in the dry eye space. So we last time we had you on, we talked about, you know, autologous serum versus PRP and maybe we could do a little refresher on what that is and then kind of get into um, a lot has changed for you business wise in terms of, you know, the company that you both have, have formed regarding PRP, but kind of bring us back to the basics of like, the difference between these blood biologics. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so I've been working with uh, platelet-rich plasma in my practice for about uh, four or five years now, and uh, primarily with the use, uh, primarily in the use with our dry eye patients. And when I first started with this technology, um, it was I was using autologous serum, and then quickly found that there was so much variability in autologous serum that I was getting from different labs and from uh, different mm -hmm. compounding pharmacies, and I was not seeing the consistent results with my patients that I had desired. And I started to do some research and started looking at studies um, and kind of learned a little bit more about blood biologics and realized that other areas of medicine actually use platelet-rich plasma. And so we can look to our 
dental friends, uh, they use it for soft tissue grafts. Um, PRP is also used for orthopedics when we inject it into the, into the joints. And then, of course, in dermatology, uh, you know, it's also used for skin rejuvenation. And what I really found that the big difference between autologous serum and uh, PRP was that platelet-rich plasma contains much higher content of the growth factors that we're really after. So platelets are kind of the star of the show. And if we remember from our biology class, you know, platelets rush to the site of injury, they break open, they release their clot, but they also release so many of those amazing molecules that aid with healing. These are called growth factors. And they also contain so many other bioavailable molecules, including vitamins, cytokines, minerals, and these all work together to um, cause healing of the tissue. Now, the main difference between the two of them is that autologous has, uh, you know, is considered platelet poor uh, plasma. So it does not contain platelets. It just contains the content of platelets. And, and due to that, you, could, you would have lower concentration of growth factors in, in autologous serum. So as they make the autologous serum and you're spinning out the serum, it's not that the platelets are breaking down when they're like centrifuging that and creating the serum. It's just what's in the serum of the platelets already broken down. So what happens when you make autologous serum is you allow, once you collect the blood, you actually allow the blood to clot. Okay. When you allow the blood to clot, well, the platelets will then open up and release their clotting factors, right? They release their fibrin. That's the clotting um, kind of uh, stuff. And then when you centrifuge, all of the platelets will wrap themselves around um, blood cells, right? Because that's how we clot blood is we, we wrap around uh, the red blood cells. So that's how platelets work at a site of injury. If you, you know, cut yourself to stop the bleeding from happening. So these platelets actually wrap themselves around, um, around the RBCs. And so when you centrifuge, they will settle down with the RBCs. And what you're left on top is uh, uh, kind of the content of platelets because these platelets have broken open and released their content. Do you know what I mean? So the heavy stuff, which is the platelets, the, uh, the white blood cells, the red blood cells, and all the other content that's in blood will kind of sink to the bottom. And then you'll have the stuff on top, which is the serum. That makes sense. If you, so can you walk us through then the process? Because this will bring up really your company, My Drop, um, which helps clinicians who want to incorporate because PRP is not really widely, correct me if I'm wrong, Leslie, widely used in the US. I mean, you're in, you're in Canada, but maybe that's the same for you in Canada as well. But Serum tears are, are much more of a, of a thing than PRP is. Yeah. For me here, I'm seeing more use for PRP in my um, real uh, advanced meibomian gland dysfunction patients. If I inherit them from an outside provider, sometimes they would have, they have been on PRP therapy, but for where I'm, where I am and why I'm very interested in learning about your company and how we can, you know, incorporate it into my area is I don't see it being used for corneal um, health as much. 
which obviously it has tremendous benefits for patients in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think because we know from so many studies, right, not just in eye care, but also just throughout medicine with dentistry and in dermatology and orthopedics, that platelets and regenerative have, plays a big part in regenerative medicine and can help with healing. And you're absolutely right. We haven't seen PRP in the eye care space. It has always been autologous serum. And I think one of the reasons or one of the challenges that we've had in bringing PRP to the eye care space is that we need we needed something to be in a drop form, you know? And so we needed something to be uh, liquid enough that it could be used as a drop on the ocular surface and that it would, you know, then last for a period of time to help with the healing on the ocular surface. So autologous serum, once we, you know, collect it from the patient, it's also diluted with saline. And that gives it that liquid volume so that it's easy to come out of a dropper, easy for patients to use, easy to dispense. And I think that's probably one of the main reasons that I, I think that we see autologous serum in the eye care space versus all the other applications. Because in dentistry, the way PRP is used is patients don't have to go home with it. It's not like they're putting something in their mouth every night. Do you know what I mean? The dentist is either injecting it to that site. So the volume and the dispensability is just so different. And, and same thing in orthopedics, they're injecting it right into the joint space and in dermatology. But in, in eye care, we had this unique need that we have to send this blood biologic home with the patient. And how are they going to use it? How are, you know, how is it going to be available to them on their ocular surface? And so those were one of the limitations. Um, and so, you know, when I approached Kim a few years ago and I said, you know, you've been working with PRP in all of these other areas and it is so fantastic. And I see the results um, and I even see head-to-head -head studies with autologous serum and PRP in the eye care space. But there's just no availability. And I think that I have some patients that could really benefit from this. And, uh, and so this is how Kim came on board and, and we started experimenting. Absolutely. Um, for every uh, office that I work at, my history is in both orthopedic as well as dentistry. And so when Dr. Madan approached me, I was like, oh my gosh, I wonder what recipe I would use. Because I do use, there is a lot of flexibility in platelets or in the methodologies that you use. Uh, one of the ones that I do use routinely in orthopedics is a platelet concentration that's 45 times the baseline uh, of normal platelets in your body, which is highly unusual. Uh, I worked with a doctor years ago and we developed the methodology at UBC. And so when Dr. Madan approached me, I thought, okay, exactly like what she said, we have to experiment. We have to figure out, like you say, we needed a few things. We needed to have definitely that availability of the platelets for the patients for a few weeks, you know, as opposed to that one time application, whereas exactly what Dr. Madan said, you know, in any other industry, they're getting the injection or they're getting it put into their mouth, like for the implant surgery. So this was where, oh my gosh, we need to have sterility uh, for the bottles. We need to figure out what is the best uh, viscosity, you know, like of the plasma, you know, and what we should be using. Um, so it was absolutely so exciting uh, to develop the methodology. And um, what I'm so impressed with is I'm, I've been convinced with platelets since 2006, but to see the results in ophthalmology um, has just been so rewarding. Um, just from the, the pictures that I've been able to see through Dr. Madan and the healing of the eyes of the patients, it's just been so amazing. 
Yeah, Mania, your Instagram is, if anyone has any question on how um, efficacious PRP is, they should go to your Instagram account because you have really phenomenal before and afters of these patients who look, their corneas are, you know, horrible and they look so much better, um, you know, with your therapy. So um, that kind of brings us to your therapy. And Leslie, before we were on the call, you were asking questions about um, you know, working with a local pharmacy to make PRP. And so you guys were talking a little bit about that. Will you kind of bring that up again for the listeners? So for, again, for me, where I am and, and trying to figure out how to get these new technologies in recently, I'm not quite sure of my state laws, but I know I can't be doing blood draws in my office and I work independent of ophthalmology. So it sometimes makes it tricky to bring in things, you know, like um, drawing my own blood for serum tears or PRP. Um, but I recently was approached by a pharmacist that was interested. He, he must've, um, met a cornea specialist who was interested in autologous serum tears. And they actually visited my practice in hopes of me sending patients to them for serum tears. And I mentioned PRP and did they know about that, which they didn't, but it sounds like this website you've built out and, um, the company that you're building out would really be a great opportunity for me to at least connect a pharmacist who's already able to do the work to you um, in hopes of being able to get the technology for my patients versus bringing it into my own clinic. Yeah, absolutely. And there's options for both of those uh, you know, modalities and to be able to have access to our patients ultimately, right? Um, and so you know, once Kim and I started working, uh, I'll just kind of tell you a little bit about the company and, and what we decided to kind of bring to market. Um, once we kind of figured all those things out you know, and we were seeing such great uh, results with our patients, and I think one of the biggest thing, things was um, having consistency. You know, mm. So blood biologics, you can have a lot of variation. And so we really wanted to nail down a methodology that would be consistent, that we could go back and look back and say, um, you know, why this worked or why this didn't work and have some methods for our patients so we can follow them up over time and, and practice really to the highest level. And so once we figured that system out, we, you know, I had so many doctors approach me over time, as you mentioned, the Instagram page and, and some of the speaking that I've also done um, just to bring about this science uh, in the eye care space. Um, and so doctors started to approach us and I said, and I talked to Kim and I said, you know, I think it's such an exciting time to be practicing and to be in the dry eye field. You know, how do we bring this to our colleagues so that they're able to utilize this for their patients? And, um, and so we developed this system purely from a clinician uh, point of view to really just help our patients um, out as well. And uh, what the system contains is, um, is a centrifuge and it contains all the supplies that you would need to draw the patient's blood process the patient's blood, and also dispense uh, PRP to that patient. So you would not really need anything outside of that, um, outside of in terms of the equipment. Uh, we also offer the full training uh, on the methodology that we use. So we offer training on how to do the blood draw, how to obviously use that and, and then make the PRP drops, and then all the instructions that you would give to the patient on how to handle the drops and how to use them and how to keep them safe and all these other uh, other great things. And we've put that together in this really easy system, um, you know, that's uh, 
that's easy to take into your practice and utilize. And to back to your questions, could other pharmacists or other, you know, healthcare professionals use it? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right. So if it's not something you could do in your own practice, then you could partner up with another pharmacy and uh, and have them do it as well. When you're ordering it, is it similar to how you do order autologous serum with a concentration that you're specifying or it, it with your methodology, it's standard? Yeah. So um, with PRP and with our met methodology, it's actually 100% pure platelet-rich plasma. So there is no percentage... Um, you know, as we would do with autologous, right? So you would, with autologous, you would usually specify autologous 20, which is autologous serum 20, and then 80% saline or autologous 50, which is half and half. With platelet-rich plasma, there really isn't a lot of reasons to dilute. Um, as long as we can figure out the viscosity and we can get it coming out of a drop, it's, uh, you know, it's really beneficial to have it 100%. We don't need to add any foreign agents to it at all. And that's a question that patients often ask, actually, what's added to this? And I'm so proud to say, like, absolutely nothing. You know, like, it's your own blood. Um, it's your own blood and your own platelets that are going to help you heal. And they're so relieved that there's nothing else added, you know, to the solution. So with that being said, because obviously sterility is a big thing, this is kept in the freezer mm -hmm. for the patient. And then each day they bring it out. Actually, it's every week. Um, we oh, yeah. the bottles That's that we prepare for them mm -hmm. uh, give them about a week's supply in the fridge, and we ask them not to keep the bottles in the fridge for longer than seven days. And approximately the day before, they think they're going to finish their bottle to take one bottle out of the freezer and keep it in the fridge so that it thaws. Um, so that's that's the way we've definitely designed it, and it seems to be working well. Sounds like it. And this might be a silly question, but it when you spin this down, it is a clear solution or does it have a color to it? No, it's definitely clear. And I love your question because it is a question that the patients ask a lot as well. Is this going to be red? You know, <laughs> it's like, no, no, it's not going to be red. It's going to be clear. Uh, it's going to look like any other drop, you know, like that you buy. And of course, uh, uh, platelets have a tendency to clump. So that's, I want to make sure they understand that if they see the clumping, that's a good thing. Uh, and just to give the bottle a little bit of a shake, like before they aspirate the drop. And then I have one more question before Jackie might have another, but is it, what's the viscosity? Is it more like an artificial tear? Is it more like a gel tear? What, is it more like a lipid tear? If you had to compare uh, Mania, you know, to what you know from commercially available products, what does that kind of feel like? Yeah, I feel like it's it's very similar to a good quality artificial tear. Okay. So it's not as thick as a gel. Um, it, it's definitely more similar to a good quality artificial tear. It doesn't blur the vision either. That, that's mm -hmm. uh, sometimes patients will ask that, you know, will I be able to use mm -hmm. it and then still do computer work or whatnot? Or will it blur my vision? And so, no, it doesn't. Um, yeah, it doesn't. And what's your standard recommended dosing for, for the, the patients? Yeah, I have them use it four times a day for three months. And uh, patients usually start to notice a difference in their symptoms. And, and even, you know, if I were to look at their eye, we would usually start to notice differences by seven to 10 days. Mm -hmm. I usually follow up with them uh, in about six weeks in my clinic after they have started using PRP. Well, that's pretty impressive. 
Support for To The Point comes from Bausch & Lomb. Beautiful and healthy looking eyes? It shouldn't be a compromise. Lumify Eye Illuminations, developed by the experts at Bausch & Lomb exclusively for the sensitive eye area. To cleanse, nourish, and brighten. Lumify Eye Illuminations, only in the eye care aisle. Yeah, yeah that's not a good time. Especially for these patients that are falling into your treatment category, right? With the, um, I'm sure, very challenging corneas to treat. So that's a, a real fast um, improvement. It really is. It really is. Um, it, you know, and of course, you, I still want to say that nothing in dry eye, of course, is a silver bullet, you know? So I think PRP is part of a, a cohesive management plan. So of course, I'm still having a, you know, look at their lid disease and I'm managing if there's demodex going on and, and other, other things going on, if there's like ophthalmos. Um, but if once all of those things are managed and we add PRP to that cornea that keeps bouncing back or doesn't heal well, um, I find that patients do really well with it. I was just going to ask you that, like in terms of, you know, you have this available in your office and Leslie and I have had side conversations about when we, when we implement certain therapies and if we, if we have them available in our office, I feel like we're more likely to implement them sooner in the treatment protocol than waiting until the end stage patient. Where do you find yourself implementing PRP for patients? Totally. I mean, that's a really great question. You're, you know, because it is available to me, I'm more in tune to looking at the cornea and in tune to talking to patients about it. Uh, you're absolutely right. I do offer it a little bit earlier on before they get to those end stages. And patients are very excited because this is a natural therapy. Lots of time patients come in asking about it. I think that they know about PRP from other applications of medicine. So they'll come in asking, hey, you know, do you think I could just try PRP? Uh, some of my medications are not covered by insurance. I think this would be similar cost to if I were to buy a medication um, and, and this is more natural. Um, and so sometimes we'll have those conversations and, and patients will use it. Often I find patients love using PRP for maintenance as well. Um, we've, uh, you know, worked really hard to control their ocular surface disease. And, uh, you know, they might uh, come back and, and use it every six months or every nine months uh, just to kind of get a rejuvenation uh, part of the maintenance uh, to maintain their ocular health. And so this is almost like an IL, uh, 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 IPL sort of maintenance, like they'll do another round of like a three month round of PRP just to maintain, you're saying? Oh, okay. Okay. No, exactly. Exactly. Because we know that, of course, dry eye isn't, you know, curable, but it's manageable. And this is part of that management plan. And do you, can you talk a little bit about just costs? I mean, you brought that up a little bit, like sometimes our, you know, immunomodulators that we're prescribing are really pricey also. And so I think that makes a good argument to say, oh, this is more natural and has, you know, all of these wonderful things in PRP. But what what is the cost of that? And can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so I think cost to the patients, uh, what I've kind of seen across uh, our region and, and in Canada and perhaps in the U.S. as well, I would say is around $500 to $700 for a three-month supply of PRP. Um, so, you know, that's at that around 500 or 600 for three months. I mean, you're looking at a, maybe a little less than $200 a month and, uh, and you're using that four times a day. Um, sometimes artificial tears, if patients are going through them, you know, quite quickly can add up to, you know, $150 easily per month. Um, and then, of course, prescription medications, you know, especially if they don't have coverage can certainly add up to that as well. And so um, this is something that, you know, if you're not 
partnering with the pharmacy, you can bring this into your practice. And that's an additional, you know, certainly our North Star is to treat our patients the best that we can, but it's nice if we have a little extra benefit to doing that. And um, so this, these costs can be really for in, improve your, from a practice management perspective, I'm just thinking. Exactly. And that's kind of, I think, where our heart was as well. Um, you know, having blood biologics in the practice, for one, you learned so much. I've learned so much. And, and, you know, and I'll kind of pass it over to Kim to talk about this patient that had a very low uh, platelet count. Uh, he was on multiple medications. You know, he was a advanced glaucoma patient with advanced dry eye disease and just really poor looking uh, corneas and, and um, having Kim right in the clinic and the knowledge of blood biologics that we've kind of gained over the years, uh, what she was able to do with that platelet, even highly concentrated, uh, you know, to have this patient take home something that was going to be super healing. And we saw amazing results with that. But of course, the business side of things as well, you know, while we have other tools in our practice like IPL and radio frequency, and we invest in those um, so that our patients, of course, can benefit as well. And so it just, it, it you know, it definitely brings our revenue back, back to you as well in your practice, mm -hmm. just like some of those other tools can. You brought up this patient that had low platelets. So that made me think, are there any patients that are not good candidates for PRP drops? We've discovered what we do on our questionnaire, we do ask uh, if they've had a history of HIV, of hepatitis, of any bloodborne pathogen, you know, in their previous um, it, or have been exposed to that or have tested positive for that. It wouldn't, in my opinion, be very favorable if there's anything that could be attacking the platelets in the circulatory system. So I would leave it at hepatitis B and uh, C, of course, um, and HIV is certainly what we screen for. And also if they have autoimmune conditions where so, they, you yeah. know, yeah, get, go ahead. Yeah. So any type of autoimmune disease as well uh, that could be affecting the platelet count. Um, this patient that Dr. Madame was referring to, again, that's what I love about our system is that we have the flexibility to increase the concentration if the patient's platelet count uh, is low. Um, and that was just, again, so exciting. We, we did a separate little type of system for him, which again is things that we could share through training, uh, is the flexibility with the system to be able to do aesthetics, um, increase the concentrations for more serious conditions um, as well. So how did you know his platelets were low just because of his health history or because of what you were seeing when you were using the centrifuge or how did you know that? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think a little bit of both. So definitely through his health history, right? I mean, we, uh, you know, when I'm seeing patients, and if I think that they're good candidates for PRP, that would be something I would look for uh, to see how healthy they are, you know, how many different medications that they're on that could be affecting their platelet count. And of course, you can do a uh, order blood workup to find out what their platelet count is. Um, and you can go from there as well. Yeah. We had another patient who I went to Dr. Benan right away after centrifuging the blood because exactly what you had mentioned, this patient was so anemic and I could tell that like from the blood sample when I had centrifuged it. So I went to Dr. Benan and she was one of our cases that was not improving. Um, and so we didn't, we, and I thought, oh my gosh, this anemia then probably extends to maybe perhaps all of her blood cells, you know, the white blood cells and the platelets and the red blood cells. And sure enough, Dr. Medan brought that to the doctor's attention and he was really appreciative. You know, we didn't know anything, like we didn't know what the platelet counts were or what the anemia was, but I could certainly tell in the tube that there was definitely a problem. How much time do you have to, I mean, Kim, it sounds like you have 
30 years of knowledge, right? Doing this in other professions. I feel like I read that on your website. So if I'm wrong, I'm sorry to date you. Um, (laughs) But how much of it is your skill and, you know, and, and then when you are teaching others, it's easy to do that, you know, just having a skilled person like yourself kind of spreading that. Cause it sounds like there was a lot of learning that the two of you had to do to figure out what worked best for the ocular surface. It's actually making me wonder if all PRP drops are not created equal. Oh, that's definitely true. Uh, definitely. Um, um, I've, I, the systems that I've been using have been, and I think a word we've been using is organic, you know, like with training down at UBC to start my career in 2006, um, even the UBC hematologist did not understand that we could do this, you know, like that platelets really would have that effect. And that was back in 2006 in the dentistry world. Um, in most systems that you do purchase, there isn't the flexibility to increase the concentrations or to use it as a maybe a less concentration for aesthetics or increase the volume of collection, you know. Um, but as far as any medical laboratory professional, our nurse, um, with the, of course, the ability to draw the blood, I believe with the training and the uh, manual that we provide with the system, it, it, it would be very easy uh, for people to be able to do. Off topic, but have to ask, are you also doing the PRP facials? <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to be honest. I want to so badly, but <laughs> I'm one of these people that I, when, when meeting Dr. Medan, meeting the dentist that I work with, the um, medical clinic, I just, I want to meet the right person, you know, like I want to meet the right person and uh, then they can just inject away. Like, what <laughs> we call it like vampire facials or something? Totally, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah. I did have a I didn't know about it. I first learned yeah, I first learned about PRP because a few years ago, stress stress related, I believe, I was losing hair and I actually had um a little bit of like a alopecia areta. Um and so PRP was at, at that point I really thought in a month I was gonna be bald, but I still have hair. Wow. <laughs> um, PRP was on the list of things that was gonna be my savior if I needed it. Um Absolutely. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think just reducing some stress helped. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, No, I do have a little bit of experience with PR. Like we've used our system. Um, I had microneedling done for myself and uh, and a few of our friends. And so, um, you know, it's again something I think um, optometry is not not too far from being able to do. You know, we already use micro... um, radio frequency technologies in our practice. Uh, so radio frequency with microneedling and then with PRP. Um, I think it's fabulous. Yeah. Future's bright. <laughs> and wrinkle-free. So, <laughs> <laughs> so tell us the where people can find you, your website, how they could, you know, sign up and and give us that info. Absolutely. Our website is uh, www.mydrop.ca. That's M-Y-E drop.ca, just like I drop, uh, but my drop because it's completely um, made from your own body for yourself. Uh, there's tons of information on the website uh, in terms of uh, patient experience, in terms of what's the difference between autologous serum and what is PRP, and, and then how to incorporate it and get started with uh, having it in your own practice for your patients. Perfect. Any final thoughts, Leslie, Kim, Mania? No, just to say thank you so much. Uh, anytime I get an opportunity to talk about platelets, I'm pretty excited. <laughs> 
Well, thanks for coming on. This was uh, informative as always. I always learn a lot from you. Mani and I have lectured alongside of each other and I'm always learning learning from you. So I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) And now for the To The Point wrap up. When dealing with chronic progressive disease states like dry eye disease, especially as it relates to biological processes and homeostasis regulation, remember that blood biologics offer great resources for your patients. Platelet-rich plasma, PRP, in addition to autologous serum drops, can offer tremendous healing properties for the corneal and conjunctival health. Don't forget these options as viable ones for your patients with dry eye disease. 